Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Friday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show, a Friday before three-day weekend. Wolf, I don't know if you knew that. I know you did. Actually. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I did know that right now. Uh, good morning, Basinonians. How you doing? Ron Wolfley, of course, and Luke Lipinski reporting for duty right now. How are you feeling on this three-day weekend? Go, oh, this is a wonderful day, is it not? Are I, you ready to broadcast? There is a lot of local sports news today. They're, they're really, it kept kind of, I don't want to say breaking news, it's not that, but just a lot of notable stuff happening in like the last, I don't know, 40, 45 minutes. So we've changed the show sheet twice already, and we may change it a third time. There's a lot going on, which is good. I mean, I guess I guess even if there wasn't a lot going on, I would lie to you and say there was, so you would listen, but there actually is today. Yeah, no, there really is a lot of different stuff that is circulating right now, and some information coming out. Man, cannot wait to get into it. We're going to talk about the Phoenix Suns, of course, an awful lot today. Some news on Jay Crowder. Mm. Um, very interesting right here, but we're actually going to start with a little ball, are we not? We are. We uh, It's a football Friday. we got the NFL playoffs starting tomorrow, and we have the Cardinals. You know, you're in the middle of a GM search right now, and you're going to interview coaches. You're lining those up. You can't really do that until the 17th, the actual interviews, but... You know, there's a pretty good chance, Wolf, that things move quickly here. The next show we do will be on the 17th. So, you know, by the time we get on the air, we're going to maybe have a feel for how the Broncos uh, interview with Sean Payton went. We may have, you know, pretty strong updates with where the Cardinals are leaning towards GM. I mean, they can hire GM whenever. Um, D'Amico Ryans is going to be interviewed by the Cardinals for the their head coaching role, and he had this to say. And that's what it means. It means a lot for the other guys that have been before me, and it's special, special to be able to be in a select group, to have head coaching interviews and people requesting. It is uh, it's a special moment. It's a proud moment, and I'm very thankful and grateful just to be spoken of in that light. So I'm very, very humble, very grateful for those opportunities. Boy, this is a guy that really has moved up quickly through the coaching ranks. And anytime you see that happen, Basin earnings for the most part, anytime you see a guy with a meteoric rise, um, it typically means he's really, really smart. And buddy, he's really, really good. And he's experiencing an awful lot of success. When you see D'Amico Ryans, he's 38 years old right now, 38 years old. And when you look at his career arc and just how quickly he ascended within the 49 organization. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very impressive, especially knowing the culture that they have established with the 49ers, not only from the general manager, John Lynch, but also, of course, with Kyle Shanahan. So you have that. This is also this is Ian Rappaport on Good Morning Football this morning talking about the Cardinals' impression of D'Amico Ryans. Red Hot defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans, uh, one of the hottest, if not the hottest candidates, has four interview requests. There's only five open. 
openings. He has requests in, uh, from four of those teams. They are the Denver Broncos, Houston Texans, Carolina Panthers, and then yesterday the Arizona Cardinals one came. There has not been a lot of coach requests from the Arizona Cardinals, mostly focusing on the GM search, but they wanted to get this in for D'Amico Ryan's. That, I think, speaks pretty uh, loudly just about what they think of him, and, and I think it's pretty clear what the league thinks of him. No doubt he is a future head coach. He's been a future head coach since he was a player, uh, including for the Texans, by the way, who want to interview him. So uh, these interviews will be scheduled at some point after the 49ers game this weekend, but there is a very real chance that D'Amico Ryan's becomes a head coach this year. Well, let me just say this, whether they hire D'Amico Ryan's or not, I mean, I still, obviously, Sean Payton is your, is your number one choice, but you have to have other legitimate options lined up, and you got to interview all these guys and really get a, a feel for the entire landscape that's out there. I like the fact that Michael Bidwell is doing his due diligence here. You have to. I mean, these are two two, two important decisions coming up here. Uh, but also, I like the fact that it's not just a narrowed coaching search where it can only be an offensive mind because we have to appease Tyler. Like, right. that doesn't, we're done with that. We're done. Like, pick the coach that you think is the best coach and we'll figure it out. Yeah, it's not only that, too. Um, once again, it's not an absolute. Uh, I'm not saying it's 100%, but right now, do you see a pattern forming based on needs, do you? It's Sean Payton or it's going to be a defensive guy. I mean, I'm just in a gross exaggeration of the truth and the facts. When I look at it right now, you look at all the defensive guys they have right now on the board that they are interviewing. Why Why do you think that might be, honestly? To your point, you would think, oh, it's an offensive mind, of course. Well, reason number one, so much of the time when there's a breakup of one, you go completely opposite. You go the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what they're doing right here. But also... I've been talking about this. It's one of the reasons why the Cardinals want to talk to Vance Joseph and believe they're going to take a long look, quote-unquote. Um, I forget who actually reported that. It doesn't really matter. But that right there, a long look at Vance Joseph. Why? Because... These guys have separations. They're going to be the head coach, and yet they have separation from Kyler Murray as well, which gives them the authority to basically reestablish the way it ought to be in a locker room. So there's a couple things there, and you have to set Sean Payton aside for a second because, like we keep saying, he's a different path you go down. If, if the Payton yes. path is open, you're going down that way. Yes. I almost feel like when you go down the other coaches, Vance Joseph is kind of – he branches off a little bit too – because I'm just trying to think, if, if you went with a defensive-minded head coach, then the question is, who's your offensive coordinator going to be, right? Yeah. If it's Vance, are you just keeping, are you just promoting from within then, too? Is it Spencer Whipple? Is it somebody, are you going outside the organization? Whereas I feel like if you bring in a guy like D'Amico Ryans, or another name that we haven't talked about yet, but Ian Rappaport tweeted out this morning, Brian Flores... That's out there now that the Cardinals have requested permission sure. to interview him. I wonder if the, if you're just bringing in a completely new offensive coordinator from outside of the organization. I think that definitely would be the case. I don't I think hate that. that. would be, you don't hate that. I don't hate that. That's not a knock on Spencer Whipple or anybody over there, but I, I just, kind of what you've been saying, some separation, something new. If we're going to do this, like, let's do this. You've already done the hard part, getting rid of your coach and your GM stepping down. And it's just listening to you talk right there, Luke. Honestly, for me, I think it's almost a must that would be the case. That would be the case. If Vance Joseph was going to be be your next head coach, you're going to go out and you're going to get somebody who's totally new. You're going to bring him in here. He's going to fit your culture, your philosophy as to how you should play football and what you believe the Arizona Cardinals need to do to get Kyler Murray 
humming again. Well, you think that for Vance, too? Yes. Okay. Totally. So, so if it's any defensive head coach, I, I, you now think? Now, again, I could be wrong on yeah. that, Luke, right? It's just my opinion looking at it from a thousand feet, of course, but yeah, I think that would be a must. You're going to go outside, you're going to bring somebody in here. Vance has been around, he knows, I'm sure, uh, many offensive minds that he could actually bring in here with a kind of culture and mentality that he wants to foster. Yeah, I, I could see that happening big time. But it's interesting to me, you got your Sean Payton, and he's he's an enigma in this whole situation that's going on right now. He really is, because he's, he's the guy that fits the general manager and the head coach. And we all know what it's going to cost and the compensation that the Saints are going to get for that route. But if you don't, if you can't go that route, now all of a sudden, how about um, a defensive-minded Head coach, you're going to bring him in here. And it looks the way that it's shaping up right now. Not 100%. There are other interviews that are going so far. But for the most part, there's a emphasis on the defensive side of the ball. Because unless I'm missing somebody, the only names we've heard definitively that they're going to interview are Sean Payton, Brian Flores, D'Amico Ryans, Vance Joseph. Yes. Now, I'm sure they will interview other guys. Yes, there's one other name. I'm just spacing it right now. Oh. Well, you have the break to figure it out. Or okay, it'll great. probably hit me right when we go to break. You throw this at me right at the end. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm very distracted by the sun stuff we have to talk about next. The countdown to Super Bowl 57 has begun, and Bud Light, FanDuel, and Arizona Sports want you to be there in person. Text SUPER to 620-620 to register and listen for your name starting February 6th, and you can score a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl, plus you'll win tickets to the following events the Fandle Party, Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. So text SUPER to 620-620. It's all access presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. All right, when we come back, Jay Crowder has finally spoken. We'll have his comments on his absence from the Phoenix Suns, and Mikel Bridges weighed in as well. I'll tell you what they had to say next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Okay. You know, every time I hear this music right here, ladies and gentlemen, it does make you want to bust a move, does it not? I mean, this is, you you listen to this right now, you think, man, if you can't dance to this, you're in trouble. Um, You are in trouble if you try to, okay? It's just just so fast. (laughs) So if you can't dance to this, you're in trouble, but you won't be able to dance to this. So you're Are you a good dancer? No, I'm a a horrible dancer. But you're you're dancing very aggressively right now. But I have to tell you right now, that um, I will. When a man loves a woman, he takes her to see Shania Twain and he dances with her. Hey, okay? Shania Twain's coming here this summer. Um, <laughs> Google it, my young crocs. So, so just in case anybody needs to know that, Shania Twain will be here. Do we need to... Uh... Yeah. Do we need to send that message out there to the Warrior Queen that Shania Twain will be here? No, we okay. won't be attending. Thank you. No offense. You don't know what day it is. How do you know you're busy that day? I already do. Stop it right now. There's no reason to play this. I mean, 
listen, it was uh, highly entertaining to actually see Shania Twain in Vegas. Vegas, baby! Right? Yet at the same time, halfway through the show, you come to this stunning conclusion that, oh my goodness, she really can't sing. So pop this down a little bit. I'm just saying, and I'm not trying to attack her in any way, shape, They're going to come in here. I'm not trying to. I really am not. But man, you do. You come to the realization. Wow. That's why they got her surrounded by so many other people out there. Wow. Okay. I I do want to revisit this because it got everybody in the newsroom like chasing Wolf down the halls last time you said this about Schneider. Are you serious? I don't know how they heard it out there, but they did. Yeah, I don't know. But we have... um, we have depressing news. We have to get to it here first. Luke's telling me something about my life. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> it wasn't Honestly? that long ago. It was about my life? A couple months okay. ago. You don't, Just you don't remember walking the story, out there you? and I know every, all the people at the news desk Luke, looking at you like you right. monster. Come on, you're boring everybody. <sighs> with yes, I am as I try to get us back on track here. Jay Crowder, quote, confused and hurt, unquote, by the situation in Phoenix. There's a story on Bleacher Report this morning via Chris Haynes, okay? Chris Haynes is the one that, that during the game, this is a while ago, I think it was a Warriors game against the Suns a, f- a couple months ago, had some like paraphrased quotes from Jay Crowder, remember? Yeah. But now we've got, we've got a couple quotes here that really stand out to me. Um, I'm going to start with the Mikkel Bridges one, okay? And i got to read these. We don't have oh the audio. Boy. There is no audio. Uh, this is from Chris Haynes' story. This is Mikkel Bridges telling Bleacher Report, quote, that's one of our leaders. I texted him not too long ago and told him how much I miss him. That's my guy. It's the NBA. It happens. I know he wants to be here, but it's the league. That's just how it is sometimes. This is my fifth year in the league, and I understand how it could be. You've got to protect yourself sometimes. We'll love to have him here, but we get it. Wow. Unquote. Okay. So that's Mikkel. And then I guess, here, I'll just give you the uh, the first Jay Crowder quote, too. Well, can we just hold on for a minute we can. Right now? Because you know what I mean? So much of the Jay Crowder story revolves around his teammates. Yeah. And uh, Mikhail Bridges, would anyone here um, truly raise your hand and say, that is one squared away dude, Mikhail Bridges? You know, I'm going to go ahead and raise raise my hand right now. Sarah's raising it as well, just for the record. Sarah can't hear us, but she's, okay, she she's can still, hear us. But interesting, she's the one person in the city that can't hear yeah, us. Yeah, right. <laughs> she's looking around like she can. But you know what? Honestly, Mikhail Bridges doesn't strike me as somebody who just fires things off the cuff. If you know what I mean, he seems to be a pretty squared away young guy that is developing very, very well. And Mikhail Bridges says that that. That got my attention for the rest of the article. That that set the stage to me for the rest of the article. Let me just add this. Mikkel Bridges says that and doesn't hide behind the cloak of anonymity. He puts his name to it because that's what Mikkel Bridges is. This is not – because how, how different would that read if it's like an unnamed current son player yeah. said, that's one of our leaders. I texted him not too long ago and told him how much I miss him, unquote. It would be like, oh, there's dissension. The Suns don't know what's going on. They're losing their locker room. Why won't this player say this? Why Mikkel Bridges just flat out, yeah, that's one of our leaders. Yes. I miss him. Right. Um, so there's that quote, and that – to me, just adds to the confusion slash frustration with this story. Why isn't Jay Crowder here? They're losing every night. Yes, it's because of the injuries, not just because they don't have Jay Crowder. Yes. But it's not, it doesn't sound like his teammates don't want him here. 
Yes. Now we can get to the Jay Crowder stuff, as far as I'm concerned. Sorry about that. I'm not driving, but I am driving. I just kind of grabbed the wheel right there. Hit the gas, as a matter of fact, because right now you have to remember, Mikhail Bridges commenting on this, it, it, it provides so much credibility to the rest of the story, to me. The fact that Mikhail Bridges is actually commenting on this, almost verifying what's to follow. Now, I will say this, too, though, before I get to Crowder's quote. When I when I read the Bridges part, that I, I read that as, yeah, we'd like to have him on this team, but he's choosing to stay away and we get it because it's what's best for him. That's sort of how I read that. Yeah, I know. But once again, when you go ahead and consider what Jay Crowder said, I've spoken to every player that I played with on that team and they all have stressed how much they miss me. I know you've got this cup. Yeah, here it is. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, it, when, right. I, when I read the Bridges one, I'm like, okay, Jay's Jay, it's Jay's decision to stay away. Now, here's the whole Crowder cut. I've spoken to every player that I've played with on my team and they all have stressed how much they miss me and respect my decision and I'm thankful thankful for their understanding this move of pushing me out the door was a blindsided hit to not only me but my teammates as you can see from speaking to them and myself in the conversations we've had behind closed doors okay uh, unquote there's okay. more but and we, we can get to the more but that's that's the main one right there yes that's our leader I texted him and told him how much I miss him that's my guy it's the NBA it happens but once again, there's acknowledgement from Mikhail Bridges that what Jay Crowder is saying is true. Uh, yeah, it's kind of hard. There's at least some truth to it. Yeah. And, 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 and we still don't really know why this is happening. Are yeah. the Suns inflicting this on themselves? Is Jay Crowder like, no, I'm not coming back to play? Because based on Jay Crowder's quote, and I get he has more of... I don't want to say an agenda, but there's more of a chance that he's going to spin it from his side. I don't think Mikel's going to spin it from either side. Jay Crowder makes it sound like they just pushed him out the door. In fact, he says this move of pushing me out the door was a blindsided hit to not I, only me, but my teammates. Yeah, can I also say, too, this was really, really weird because I thought that Jay Crowder uh, contradicted himself when he says... Um, I've spoken to every player that I've played with on that team, and they all have stressed how much they miss me and respect my decision. Your, your decision? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you say that you got pushed out the door. Yes. So uh, I don't understand that's, that. Nobody that, makes the decision to get pushed out the door. There's a contradiction there, right? Nobody so, walks up to a doorway and says, hey, push me out this door. And, and once again, though, um, when I hear him say, I will continue to prepare myself daily for battle once the call is made and continue to be a leader on the court, locker room, as well as off the court, I am thankful my teammates appreciated my leadership. I'm confused and hurt. My coaches didn't appreciate the things I brought to the, our team and organization, and this has nothing to do with the financial or contract differences. Unquote. Whoa. Yeah, there's a lot in there. There's a lot of different directions that goes, right? Because you basically have three quotes. You have Mikel saying, yeah, we miss him. That's a leader on our team. You have Jay Crowder saying, yeah, we. not only was I blindsided, but my team. Teammates were blindsided. That's what he said. Uh, but you're right. He also did say, they. I, I'm thankful my teammates respect my decision, which I don't really get. And then at the end, to say this has nothing to do with financial or contract differences only adds to the mystery. What is the problem here? 
Like I would, I would roll my eyes and kind of be like, okay, you know, your first comment, Jay, doesn't really mean as much if you're just mad you're not getting an extension and so you don't want to play. But it doesn't sound like that's what it is. And there's been a, a couple times now over the last few months where it hasn't sounded like that's what it was. So it would at least make more sense, or it would, it would, it would be less unique if it was just, hey, this player wants a contract extension, his team didn't give it to him, he's pouting. But it doesn't sound like that's what it is. No, it does not sound like that's what it is. And honestly, right now, um, I know the Phoenix Suns, they got off to a 16-7 and seven start, right? 23 games, they look like, okay, you know, they've, they've got some issues here, but they're still one of the best teams in the association. Certainly in the Western Conference, they were the number one seed after that. And we all thought, yeah, okay, something is 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 salvageable here. And yet, at the same time, um, we all felt like they were playing differently, right? And they were. And we all thought it was on purpose, of course. Man, Jay Crowder goes on to say a lot more. And not only that, um, the next time we talk about this, Luke, uh, I think we ought to go ahead and dive into what all of it means. Forget about getting into each quote. Forget about that and dissecting it that way. Take a big picture, 30,000 foot approach at this story. The next time we talk about it, what does it mean? And is there any correlation between what we're seeing with the Suns and Jay Crowder? I I think this story, and it's probably already been here, but reading this Bleacher Report story makes this more than just, you know, the person that's like, oh, well, big deal. They don't have Jay Crowder. You're going to tell me that's why they're losing these games. It's not Jay Crowder's production. The fear has always been. Do his teammates feel the way Mikel Bridges just made it sound like his teammates feel? Jay Crowder made it sound that way too, but I'm, I'm taking what he's saying, I'm putting that through a little bit of a filter because he's obviously upset with the organization. But Mikel Bridges saying, yeah, we miss him. They're kind of playing like they miss him. Yeah. So, not great. Yeah. Not great at all. We also have another sub story we're going to get to. Uh, not right here, though. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, which players will be key in the uh, NFL wildcard matchups this week? We're going to get to that in a little bit. But uh, we are going to focus on the Cardinals and their general manager search who they specifically, maybe not names, but what type of, of GMs they're targeting, what that might say about the direction of this organization. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Friday with Wolf and Luke. Alert, alert, alert. Presented by 72 Soul. 51, 51, let's go. Let's go, here we go. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hi, welcome back to the Wolf and Luke show on a Friday morning. Trying to figure out the timeline for all of this, Wolf, as, as we hear that the Cardinals are lining up more and more coaching interviews, and then you have Michael Bidwell, and I think a lot of people are just thinking logically, saying they, they would ideally like to get the GM first so he can be involved in the coaching interviews, but then obviously the outlier and probably the most important name in all this is Sean Payton, so you don't want to hire a GM before you interview him because he might not want a GM here already in place. You know what I mean? Like he's, yes. he's the coach that gets to hire his GM. All the other ones are typically coaches that get hired by the GM. Yes, interesting the way that works for Sean Payton. Yes. Well, that's what <laughs> right. happens when you win a Super Bowl. Well, you know what? Uh, yes, to the victor go the spoils. But it makes for a very complicated time here for the Cardinals because you can't interview coaches till the 17th. 
So you want to, you basically want to have, if I understand this right, you want to have everything like ready to go on the 17th, right? You want to have these GM interviews maybe yeah. not done, but, but you know, started. So you have a feel in the back of your mind who you want as a GM, but I, I don't think you want to hire a GM before the 17th unless you know you can't get Peyton. Yeah, first of all, let me just say this quickly right here. I, I, there's a common denominator to what Michael Bidwell appears to be looking for right now, provided, of course, he goes outside the organization. Now, I'm speaking in terms of that. It appears he's favoring hiring a general manager and coach that comes from a strong winning physical discipline culture that seems to be number one right now to me that's the thing that stands out first and foremost um ran carthon of course is a guy that is going to be interviewed for the general manager he wanted to talk to adam peters as well who is the assistant general manager for the san francisco 49ers right now monty osenfort of course Director of Player Personnel from the Tennessee Titans. Already interviewed Jerry Reese, former GM of the New York Giants. What did Jerry Reese do? Well, let's see. He won two Super Bowls, as a matter of fact, as a general manager for the New York Giants. It's a pretty good thing to be able to put on your resume. Pretty good thing to put on your resume right there. And as I recall, too, a lot of running the football right there. Eli Manning, of course, and a defense. That's how they did it. Yeah. That really is kind of like, if you're looking at the candidates and you've got the first ones, like, well, I'm really good with uh, Google Sheets, and I'm good at uh, social media. And then the next guy is, I've won two Super Bowls, and I was the architect <laughs> of those teams. You're say- so you're saying I got a chance, <laughs> right? Yes. And then, of course, Baltimore Ravens, director of personnel, Joe Hortiz. Is it Hortiz? Ladies and gentlemen, that's what you've got to ask yourself right now. I think it is. Would you say Hortiz? I would say Hortiz, yeah. Okay, right. Okay, good. You'd say that. Yeah. Good. Well, you know what? I'd like to put more emphasis on the Z. I've actually never heard of him. I have not heard of him. But you like that he's tied to Baltimore. I love the fact that he's tied to Baltimore. (laughs) I love the fact that Monty Osenford is tied to Tennessee. I love the fact that he's interviewed Jerry Rice or Reese. I love the fact that he's interviewing San Francisco 49ers personnel. I love it. Because it says something. Again, if you're going to go outside of the organization, it says something about what he's looking for. That's first and foremost. And then it appears there could be a plan here, Luke. I hope that there is a plan. Yes, there is a plan. But I I think it seems like this bivy of activity, including today, right? They're supposed to have two. Is it two interviews today? Yeah, they are. So they're stacking these up. And and again, that goes back to my original and not even question but just kind of i go back to michael bidwell on monday at his press conference of there is a sense of urgency there's absolutely a sense of urgency right now uh and and i get it because you you kind of need to have the gm picture ironed out in your mind before you hire him then interview the coaches, or at least interview Peyton, right? Isn't that the next move? Interview Peyton, see where that goes, see if Sean Peyton is definitely the guy you want. I mean, I would hire him, but you know, is it what, what does he say? And we'll get into that a little bit later yeah. on the show. What does he say about your team? Does he give you the answers that you want to hear? Um, 
And and does he seem like he wants to come here legitimately? Because you've got to find out. And this is why Sean Payton's the first domino to fall for so many of these teams. If you're not getting Sean Payton, then I think you do go to the, okay, let's get one of those GMs. And then quickly, let's line these other coaches up. Because if we like one of these coaches, we don't want him going to Carolina or yeah. Houston or something. Yeah, no, you're right about that. So once again, there does seem to be a sense of urgency right now. I would want to interview Sean Payton last if I could. You'd want to interview him last. I'd want to interview him last. But don't you want the new GM to interview D'Amico Ryans and these guys? Well, you know what? Honestly, right now, I think it's one of the reasons why Michael Bidwell also put qualifiers on. It's not a guarantee that we have to go with a general manager first. I would not want to. I would. I, obviously, they've had some type of contact, I'm sure, with Sean Payton. Yeah. Okay. Not an interview, of course, but I, but probably a conversation. I would think to gauge his interest for real in the job. Hey, listen. You know what? Honestly, we'd love to bring you in last. You know what? The last impression, of course. And not only that, I also think Michael's activity right now. This is just me. I I know nothing about what I'm talking. But looking at the tea leaves, so to speak, Michael's activity and urgency trying to to interview all these other general managers don't you want sean payton to be the anvil in which you shape your decision on don't you want him to be that guy and your last impression of that for me that's what i would want i don't want to talk to everyone else and compare and contrast everyone else and what they're to what sean payton and his interview was long. This would be so much easier if all these other teams would just back off and let the Cardinals <laughs> do what they need to do. And then you guys can all line up and fight over whoever's left. Come on, Denver. Is Denver is Denver really an option for Sean? Yeah, oh, yeah. Right I, think, I, think, think I, I think Denver and Arizona are the two leading <laughs> options right now. Like we said yesterday, though, there's a twist. If Dallas or the Chargers get just blown off the field this weekend, then I think you have to be aware of them, too. Yeah, can I just say this quickly right here? Um, You know what? If Sean Payton wants to go to Denver and work with a quarterback that has diminishing skills and, oh, by the way, is you want to talk about a quarterback that um, has some issues inside the locker room? It's not just Kyler Murray that people whisper about in terms of of, um, issues inside the locker room with leadership. It's also Russell Wilson. Yeah, but he can put Super Bowl on his resume, too. Yeah, he can, I know. But the last two years for Russell Wilson has not been good. Well, let me let me at all. Let me take that. If you watch him on tape. No, it looks like something's wrong with his arm. So let me take that thought you just had there to a different direction. If Sean Payton interviews with the Cardinals and interviews with the Broncos and chooses the Broncos over the Cardinals, yeah. I'm not going to love that. Not just because he's coaching the Broncos, but because he looked at the two situations and was like, I'd rather have the diminishing Russell Wilson than Kyler Murray. Yeah, That would be concerning. That'd you be know, extremely concerning. I, I've said this before many times on air, based on names. I'll repeat it again. Uh, the last year that Russell Wilson was up there in Seattle, um, the analysts surrounding the team basically were like, man, this guy's done. (laughs) That was a direct quote. And he looked like it this year. Yeah. Other than there was a couple games against the Chiefs, he looked decent. But wouldn't that be like uh, Sean Payton, who likes Kyler Murray, or at least did three years ago, four years ago, if he chooses the team with Russell Wilson? Like if, 
If the Chargers get knocked out this weekend and he yeah. goes to the Chargers, okay, I get it. If he goes to Dallas, I get it. He has ties yeah. there. There's, if he goes to the Broncos, I I understand that they have like a, a pretty good defense and then maybe they can throw more at him. But if, if everything seems pretty equal and, and the guy whose opinion I trust on quarterbacks more than just a random person on Twitter that's like, well, you don't get it. I trust Sean Payton's opinion. If he chooses the team with Russell Wilson over the team with Kyler Murray at this yep. point in their careers, yes. that to me is a red flag. That will be, yes. Very telling. So hopefully that doesn't happen. All right, coming up next, which wild card uh, weekend games are the best? We're going to tell you with our five-star games. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Mr. 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 Unlimited. The NFL's best games as predicted by Ron Wolfley and Luke Lipinski, powered by FanDuel Sportsbook. All right, it's time for Five Star Games Wild Card Weekend Edition. Six games this weekend, Wolf. Excited for the playoffs. Love the NFL playoffs. Everybody loves the NFL playoffs. The one and done, just that component to it right there. Even if you're not a big football fan, which I don't, I can't conceptualize that. But even if you're not a big football fan, it's one and done. One and done. So, like, how could yeah. you not be into that concept? Yeah, first of all, um, for the record, based on audience, every game this weekend is a five-star game. I beg to differ. Every game is a five-star game. It's a playoff game. Of course. Um, having said that right now, how are we going to do this? Just rank them one through six? Do you, do is that wanna, what we're going to do? do, do that? I think that's the best way to proceed, right? I, I think, to me, there's a clear top three and a clear bottom three in terms of competitiveness. Well, let's go ahead and, of course, let's start with six. Game number six that you think is going to be a five-star game. Okay, let me... Because all, all, all of them are five-star games, right? Come on, it's the playoffs. Yeah, they, of they, course. they are all five-star games here on Friday. Yes, as, as we go let's, let's admit that, that it's all of them are five-star games. Okay, well, here's let's my, start with that. I'll, I'll give you my, my sixth on the list of, of the top six, okay? Okay, thank you. Buffalo, Miami. Wow. I'm sorry. But no way. Skylar Thompson's not going into Buffalo and beating the Bills. Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. Like, that, right that, that's now. the one game that, that we could be looking on. We could be in here on Tuesday being like, hey, remember that Buffalo game that was 35 to right. 3? Yeah. Um, okay, I also have the Buffalo Bills game as number six right there. <laughs> you gave me that this was well done. You well, like, wow. you know, it was only because go back and look at the two games they've played, man. Every other position but the quarterback position, for the most part, with the Miami Dolphins, they held up very, very well against the Buffalo Bills. I will say that that second meeting, the one that was in Buffalo and it was cold and it came down to the final kick. Yeah, that that was a that was surprising to me. Both I, games. Resolved by a field goal, correct? Uh, Miami won 21-19 in week three in Miami. And then the Bills won 32-29 week 15 uh, in Buffalo. Okay, so... Who's the schedule maker, by the way? Less than like, a field goal. Let's, it's like, okay, let's play the uh, summer game. Let's play that meeting. Let's put that in Miami. And let's put the winter game in Buffalo. Yeah, I would have to do that, though. I would have to say that you are correct about that. Indeed, number six... Um, Bills and Dolphins. All right, number five. Yeah, you want to go first this time? I mean, I have a I have a pretty clear answer here too. Oh, uh, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna go um, number five. The Buccaneers and the Cowboys. Ooh, okay. Yes. Okay. The Buccaneers and the Cowboys. I think I'm gonna put them at number five right now because I honestly don't think this is gonna go well for Tom Brady. 
Think about what you just said. I know. Everything always goes well for Tom Brady. I know. Except the pass rush and Micah Parsons. Uh-huh. See, that to me, you can't run the ball, but you know what? You're going to try to, and the, the defense for the Cowboys, they're going to shut it down. They're going to make him one-dimensional. And based on what I've seen from Tom Brady, yeah, you know what? Um, father time is ticking. I um, I'm torn on that game because... I, I want to use the Dan Bickley logic of it's great. One of these teams is going to be out this weekend. Either Dallas or Brady is done this weekend. <laughs> that's, that's not bad. So I, I think I want Dallas to win, but the problem is I do think Dallas is more dangerous in the playoffs. Whereas like if Tampa wins, they should just bow out in the next round. You know what I mean? So then I kind of think I want Tampa to win. I don't know. I hate that game, but I have it higher on my list. Um, I would say that the five other than Buffalo and Miami are all compelling to a certain extent. My number five five game of Cincinnati and Baltimore just because Baltimore like Miami is missing their quarterback. Now I do think Tyler Huntley assuming he plays is a decent option but Cincinnati's on a tear and I just I don't think that game will be a blowout but I don't know that it's ever going to be in question if that makes sense. Like I just feel like Cincinnati's going to kind of be up by 10 the whole game. So I'm going to go with Cincinnati Baltimore as my fifth of the five star games. Okay, there you go right now. You want to go number 4 as well double up. Yeah, number 4 I'll go San Francisco. Francisco, Seattle. Um, I'm compelled by this game. Maybe it's just the the anticipation of watching Seattle get run right out of the playoffs. I don't really think Seattle should be in the playoffs, but uh, but they are. And um, at the same time, it is a divisional matchup, and it's the third time through. I don't think Seattle has a real chance to beat San Francisco, but anytime you get the third meeting between two teams, and we have three of those this weekend, and ironically, they're my three lowest rated games. I would give Seattle, like, I don't know what, a 5% chance of winning this, but that's more than zero. Okay. Um, you know what? I'm going to go, what is it now? Number, number four. Number four, number as a matter of fact. Number four, I'm going to go with the Bengals and the Ravens. Number four, Bengals and the Ravens right there. I think this is going to be a really, really physical, physical game. And yet again, Joe Burrow and company really love the swag of Joe Burrow. I think ultimately in the end, the Bengals are going to win this game. They've been running the ball so much better. But the Baltimore Ravens, of course, will give them a serious challenge on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. That's who they are. But the Bengals in the end, I think, are going to win it. But I think it's going to be a lot closer than a lot of people think, even though Lamar's out. All right, what do you got for number three? Number three, 49ers Seahawks. All right, so we kind of have those those, those yeah. three games in the same range. Yes, so 49ers is, Seahawks. I think that's going to be a bloodbath. I really do. This is funny that we have the same top two games. I wouldn't have expected that because my number three is Dallas-Tampa Bay. I think that that's, that's the sort of game that could come down to the final two minutes and if that's the case, good luck Dallas because as, as, uh, as as long as Tom Brady has been playing, if it's a close game with two minutes left, all the pressure's on Dallas, and that's where Tom Brady thrives, and it's not where Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys seem to thrive. So I'll put that game at number three, but I think that absolutely any of these top three games I have as potential one-score games coming down to the wire. Okay, cool. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with Giants-Vikings. Wow. I really, I You've talked me into it. I really like this game because it's one of the, the few games this weekend I don't feel like I have a strong lead as to who's going to win. And the response, if Minnesota wins, from Vikings fans is going to be so over the top that I kind of like it. But if the Giants win... 
<laughs> That's going to be real bad, I know. It's not going to be great for the Vikings. That's the reason why I've got that as the number one game. Now, my number two game right now, Jaguars and the Chargers. They're going to go ahead and light it up right there. you got two young quarterbacks making their way through the league. Of course, Justin Herbert is much more respected, I think, at this point of his career than Trevor Lawrence. Um, as a matter of fact, earlier this season, there were whispers and not so often just whispers, but often there were screams coming that Trevor Lawrence was a bust. Yeah, the B word. An absolute bust. This guy has turned it around Christian Kirk. It was a huge part of turning that team around as well. And way to go, Christian Kirk. And Trevor Lawrence making his way, looking like all that in a bag of chips now. And of course, Justin Herbert. Oh, Justin Herbert. Everyone loved the Chargers coming into this season because of Justin Herbert. And because they were going to have a better defense. And because of the rushing attack of the Chargers and how physical it was. And guess what? It got turned around a little bit on Justin Herbert. Now, you've got two young quarterbacks squaring off in a five-star game. Yeah, I love this one. So that's that's your number two, and then your number one is Vikings-Giants? Yes, Vikings-Giants, because of the, the amount of cred a Kirk Cousins could gain by going, oh, I don't know, two and four. Or two and three, I should say, in the playoffs right now, because he's one and three in the playoffs. Can you imagine if he loses to Daniel Jones? Oh, no. Run if you're a Vikings fan. I am mystified, but also somewhat impressed that Vikings fans, and I know it's not all of them, but that they are, that they've bought in. You know what I mean? Because the rest of us are all looking and saying, like, you, there's nothing you can do in the regular season, Kirk Cousins. Obviously, they're 13-4 and four to make us trust you. You have to do it in the playoffs. But Vikings fans are in. They've sort of taken that, it's us against the, the world. Why would, you, why would you ever doubt Kirk Cousins? Although I think a lot of them secretly doubt Kirk Cousins. If he goes out there and beats the Giants, good for him. That does nothing for me. If he goes out there and wins in the second round, okay, we need to talk. Like, you, Minnesota, then it's like they do have a different head coach this year. They do have Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Maybe they are dangerous. Beating the Giants doesn't do that for me. If they win two playoff games, then I'll start to, to buy in. So what you're saying, he's got a much bigger downside than he does upside. Well, because that's the the other part of this. If they go 13-4 and four and everybody's like, yeah, but you, you got to do it in the playoffs. 11 of those games were one-score games, and they lose to the Giants in the first round? I'm not even going to trust they're a real team next year. I'm not even going to trust that they're on the schedule. Like, nobody is going to believe in the Vikings if they can't at least win this game this weekend. So, to that end, I'm with you that it's it, that one and the and the Jaguars-Chargers game are the clear, like, the two best games of the weekend yes. for me. For yes. Jaguars-Chargers, I have that one at number one for a lot of the reasons you just put out there. This is a quarterback-driven league. There was so much hype around Trevor Lawrence, and then it kind of died off after he got drafted. There wasn't as much hype around Justin Herbert, but when you you talk to the like hardcore just quarterback experts out there, they like Herbert more than anybody. 
because they they just like the size, the fundamentals, like all that stuff. Um, he hasn't won a playoff game yet, though. This is his first ever playoff. Yeah, for me, going back to number one right now, the Vikings and the Giants, of course, it is. It's because of Kirk Cousins and Daniel Jones and how much he could actually gain. Can you imagine Brian Dable? What an incredible job. Daniel Jones was done. He was on the metaphorical pyre, he, so to speak. He was kind of an afterthought, wasn't he? He Oh, there's no doubt about it. Daniel Jones was basically done in New York, and yet Brian Dable came in there and totally resuscitated his career. Can you imagine if he goes out and actually wins a playoff game? Forget about the fact that it's Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. How much would that accelerate his career and bring credibility to Daniel Jones? Well, the same thing could be said for Kirk Cousins, and I expect this to be a one-possession game, win or lose by either team, a one-possession game. It's going to be great. Okay, so one-possession game, two minutes to go. Who's the pressure on? It's not on the Giants. Who's ever playing quarterback? Well, yeah, but it's <laughs> as far as the like tension, it's not. The Giants lose. Hey, man, good job to even get there this year. You're ahead of schedule. Vikings lose. It's hockey season in Minnesota. All right, uh, I guess it's always hockey season in Minnesota. When we come back, the Suns seem like a team that can't make any moves right now, and there might actually be more to that statement than we realized. We'll explain next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.